Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast Show with Mike and Alex. We thank you for joining us as we have a couple of beers and a cigar and talk about what's going on in our lives. Grab an adult beverage and a smoke and settle in with us. Please like, subscribe, and comment on each show so we can hear whether you agree or disagree with our take on things. Listen wherever your favorite podcasts are and at www.dumbideapodcast.com. So I got a, a flyer in the mail the other day, and it was just one of those generic flyers about from a, a real estate agent. And they're, of course, they're always like, hey, we want to sell your home. And they put they put the comparables. It's like the last 10 or 15 sales from the surrounding area. And I'm looking at it. And usually just throw it away, right? But I was like, oh, let me see what the house has been selling for. And my eye, I think my eyes bugged out of my head. Because <laughs> this neighborhood right now is selling for a lot of money. Not just ours. I mean, it's basically this whole area. I feel like house prices from even a year ago, same house I think is probably selling for about 40 to 50 grand more than it was. And I'm thinking, and I'm looking at this going, I look at my wife and I'm like, maybe we need to consider selling and, and, and taking a lot of this equity, put, you know, there's a lot of cash here. Right. Not, not that we'd be like, Bill Gates rich, but we'd have uh, we have a little stronghold on the bank account going. And every time, if I were if, because I I had said it once before, like when I saw the house prices go up last year, but she she looked at me again. She goes, "You realize we're gonna have to pay up to move anywhere, yeah, right? <laughs> like you, what you you're not gonna really realize the savings unless you buy a smaller place, mm-hmm. a smaller plot of land, or go way out." Eastern Shore, something like that. Right. You or, or you're going to leave the state. Yeah. You, I mean, even the Eastern Shore, I think if you looked at similar houses, I think you're probably about 100 grand less. Yeah. Well, the, you'd have to look at, at what would be considered a, a reasonable commute to D.C. or Baltimore. I think you got to go down to Easton or up to Centerville. Yeah. I don't think you're finding anything on Ken Island. No. And you're not finding anything in Stevensville. No. Queenstown, probably not. You, nah. you Maybe if you got out like Denton. Yeah. That way, maybe it, Delaware. You could definitely go out in the middle, yeah. middle of nowhere, Eastern Shore, like heading out towards yeah. like Delaware. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know, I know people that make that drive, and and having done a drive similar to that, um, and my father did it all when he worked for the, you know, growing up in Frederick, and he would drive, you know, commute to D.C. or Newington, Virginia, wherever they put his office, because you know he worked for the federal government, so. Um, Seeing that and that toll that it takes on you, eh, no thanks. You Fred, know. Frederick's an interesting proposition, though. And so is Martinsville, West Virginia, because they've got the Camden line for the Mark train there. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I think even from Frederick, I think you're an hour into D.C. Yeah, and, and that train kind of runs a weird route. Yeah. It doesn't go straight south. It yeah. goes from Frederick to, I think, Brunswick. Yes. Think and so. then it cuts back south again. It's a weird, it doesn't. Make a direct shot down 270, which, you know, spending time in Long Island, you think is, you know, from, you know, the Long Island Railroad runs all the way out east. Right. And it pretty much runs, I mean, there are branches off, but it kind of runs a straight shot. If if they were to do something similar here, you'd have a, a train running up the middle of 270. 
Yeah, why but, why they don't have straight lines? I don't understand in this state. Yeah. Uh, like, I, like New York, you're right. Metro North going through Connecticut, straight line, yep. parallels 95. Yep. Long Island Railroad, straight shot, straight line through Long Island. Yeah. Um, around here, it's ridiculous. It's like the twistiest, turniest train. Like, they, there's no way the train can pick up speed because it's got to turn left and right all the damn time. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, Metro Rail kind of runs straight, but it's, you know, at, at time they go slow for various reasons. But, no, that's a – Frederick still, like, w- when we moved there, it was far away, mm-hmm. but it wasn't very crowded and it was inexpensive. Now it's just as crowded, just as expensive, and still really far away. Yeah. So nothing changed. And I think the Eastern Shore is kind of getting the same way. But getting back to the, you know, the the original, like, you see the the home prices and your wife is right like yeah you could go and i have a ton of equity in my house i'm going to spend all of it on the next house unless i left right the the state which or at least the the dmv type greater right baltimore washington area which at times seems really appealing but there are certain things that keep you here and you know what you know is it how old the kids are job for me it's both right um and we really kind of you know uh my wife she's not she didn't grow up here i didn't grow up here either but you know we have good friends and and you know know people everywhere and so you know there, we have that real sense of community here so why would i want to go and uproot and move but when i see what i can get elsewhere i'm like oh, that's. well yeah it, and, and for us it's it's a little bit of both so my my wife's brother is about maybe two hours north in Pennsylvania. Okay. My in-law is about an hour north in Frederick. Uh, my brother's an hour south. An hour and 15 minutes south in Calvert County. And my mother lives like three miles down the road or in Florida. So right. Now, if we were to move, my mom's gone. My mom's selling the place here. She's moving to Florida full time. Mm-hmm. That's where her, that's her jam yeah. down there. Um, yeah, she's got her uh, she's got her bug out plan going. <laughs> right. She, I, mean, she, I think she's waiting. She's waiting for me to just say, OK, we're moving so she can sell her place. But <laughs> that's a different story altogether. But f- for us, so we've got family holding us here. And then we've got the other things you talked about. One community. I am too old to try and get a brand new social circle. Yeah. Or, or trying to break into an existing one. Mm-hmm. Like nothing is worse than trying to be the fifth friend and a group of four friends that have been friends for 20 years. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, like, everyone's cool, but still there's kind of that, you know, like, eh, you know, he's the... You're still the fifth person. Yeah, you're the new guy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and it, it's kind of hard. And, you know, for me, like, my friends are now, for like, 10 years ago, they are all from work or from her job. Now our friends are all from the neighborhood. Right. Or from the pool, or from kids' sports teams, right. or kind of a of a mixture of both. As far as the people, now I'm still friends with all the the people I was, you know, work friends with, but we don't hang out a lot because everyone's kind of moved on. We, we're not bachelors, we're not new guys anymore. So now we're all, you know, they're doing their thing in their similar situation as well. Um, but when we go to to you know social circle now, it's all that sort of thing. Do you want to start over again? Right. You know, now the kids are going to be fine. And yeah, you're going to meet friends at school, right? Or, or through the sports teams or wherever. They'll yeah. make it. Th- they'll, they'll have automatic ways to make friends. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, with the, with the, now like when the, 
you know, the kids will be on a different team from all their old friends from the previous team. And you still get a little bit of that. You know, you're the, the fifth guy, you know, the, the fifth family. Like, these are all friends. You maybe know that guy a little bit, but you don't. So they're kind of in there. It's still clicky stuff. It's nothing different than high school. It's just so, you know, right. uh, you, how social circles work. You're, you're hoping that there's someone in that circle that's super welcoming. Yeah. To bring to bring the new like someone that understands the situation, brings them in, treats them as if they've been there forever, right? Right. Or two or three of them. You're hoping that that circle's like, you know what? Let's help a brother out. Yeah. It, but most times, you you always get the one or two people in there that are like, no, 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 this is my group of friends. <laughs> yeah. This is my toy, and you're not going to get to play with it. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, that's the way it goes. I mean, especially, yeah. I think it happens a lot of times with the with the ladies. The cattiness mm-hmm. kind of gets the better of them yeah. sometimes. Um, but I, I digress. I don't know. I, I definitely think with guys, it's probably a little bit more casual. I don't think it's probably as... like Whenever whenever you're going to make friends, if you're going to make friends with, the fi- with five new people, mm-hmm. it's always, will the wife be friends with the other ladies? Yeah. Not the guy... Cause Women do this to us all the time. They're like, oh, look, come on. I'm going to, you can come to this party and, you know, you're going to hang, you'll hang out with, you know, Fred and George and they're great guys. You're going to love them. They like oh, yeah. baseball too. Yeah, they like they're, baseball they're, who, or. Who was, who was the guy that made the joke about that? I forget, was it Sebastian Maniscalco or something? They basically like he just got thrown into like the group like the white like the wife was friendly yeah, made friends I, with like four other ladies and they she brought like the he came to the house and it's like oh you're gonna like George they, you know, he likes baseball too <laughs> it's like oh no I've been in this situation and I think guys realize that's the situation a lot of times it's like yeah we feel you dude come yeah. on <laughs> yeah and that's you know like oh such and such he works in the same he's in the same industry you are. You know, you know him, and he knows this other guy, and like three people removed. Like, oh yeah, I know that. You know that. Yep. Great. Right. Conversation's <laughs> done. Three minutes. Like, yeah. Oh, so uh, you like computers? Yeah. Yeah. So then you're just you're just Hank Hill in the driveway. Like, yep. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I think I think guys can make a full fledged friendship out of uh huh and yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got a buddy. He <laughs> says that's right all the time. He goes, that's right. <laughs> you know and, and, you know he's probably the happiest dog yeah. out there but and the thing is I, I don't you know i will not have spoken to my friends in years and would call me out talk and like pick up right where we left off and then i won't talk to them again for a year yep but you know i that's uh one of the things that keeps you like do you want to like do you want to uproot and move and then moving is a pain in the Pain anyway. Movie's tough anyway. Yeah, but when, I mean, let's say once you get there, though, right? As as an adult, as the married couple, you're looking at at least ten months of not having any close friends. Yeah, like no one, no one to do the barbecue with, no one to do the Fourth of July with, no one to do like friendsgiving with. Yeah, just the stupid stuff that groups of clicks up people that click up. This is what they do to have fun. Right. They make excuses to get together just to shoot the. You know, shoot the shit. Yeah. Uh, away from their kids. Yeah. You know, have some fun. Like, probably the best times that we probably have are when someone, you know, when uh, Ty does, like, a fire pit night. Oh, yeah. We're, or, in Ty, we're literally in his backyard drinking some beers. Yeah. Or 
Tot Lot Happy Hour on Fridays. Right, right. Like that, that Tot Lot Happy Hour has gotten me through my week at work at times. Yep. And when it starts getting too cold for Tot, well, we bought, all bought heaters this year. Right. We so made, we made Tot Lot Happy Hour. <laughs> Winter Tot Lot Happy Hour happened. Yeah. With, I mean, I literally went and got a bazooka heater. Yes, yeah, like Sam had a jet engine. <laughs> right. I think it is a small jet engine. Yeah. And, and you know, melting the snow with the heaters <laughs> to hang out. But that's like, kind of just yeah whatever you know let's let's make this work but and that, that's the thing like and we have friends that have moved out of the neighborhood mm-hmm. and we still i still talk you know still talk and send text messages and this and that but it's still it's not it's not the same yeah no. yeah and uh i keep threatening to go down there and visit him and he's like yeah come on down and i'm like yeah i'm coming down and then, oh that trip fell through <laughs> So, I mean, three years later, not one trip has been made. Remember right. when we planned we were all going to get in our RV? We were all going to go. <laughs> drive we're all down. That didn't happen. Didn't happen. Not once. <laughs> it's fun to talk about. But, you know, then do you miss, um, you know, then you, you'll be like, you know, you miss, you miss that sort of thing. And as much as I hate the taxes here and I disagree with the majority of the politics of, of the state and I disagree with, um, you know, so so much of what goes on in the region in Maryland, it's like, do I want to? Yeah, you know, it's very easy. Well, then move. You know, um, yeah. I could the, for the, for what we spend on these houses going down to North Carolina or South Carolina. You know, I could have a really nice, nice, nice spot and not spend what I'd spend here. Well, not just that. From the equity in the houses here, yeah, you could almost pay cash for the house down there. Yeah, like. Just straight out cash. Yeah. I mean, worst case, you're taking out a $50,000 mortgage. Right. Which would be nothing. It's like a car payment. I mean, think about it this way. If, you, if your mortgage payment is 2000 to 2500 bucks, and you can knock that down to 1000 bucks a month, mm-hmm. you could put back 2000 to $2,500 or $1,000 to $1,500 back in your pocket. Yeah. You could literally almost put, one person wouldn't have to work anymore. Yeah. Or, or shoot, that's an extra twelve to fifteen grand back in your bank account every yeah. year. Yeah, that's not chump change. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever you want to. Uh, I'm I'm lucky that I can retire pretty pretty young. So that's it's a it's something that we've kicked around because then when you think and I, I, that that's why a lot of people move to places like Florida when they retire because they move down there and. Their money goes further, so they're on a reduced income. Their money goes a little bit further. Well, the taxes down there, are cheaper. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, not only can it, like my in laws did this; they sold their house, took all the equity, bought a house out almost outright. Mm-hmm. Now they refinanced, which was another story. But they basically bought a house outright in Florida, and instead of having a ten or fifteen thousand dollars tax bill, their tax bill was five or six grand a year. Oh yeah. So you're paying half in taxes every year. Yeah. Your house can almost be paid for. Yeah. You know, if the end game is to be financially stable in your retirement years, so your kids don't have to worry about you, your kids' money can remain your kids' money. They're not taking care of their parents. They're not worried about you know, if you, if their parents are going to have enough money to make it to retirement. Um, the idea of going to a North Carolina, South Carolina, not so much Alabama or Georgia. I mean, some people go to Georgia, I guess, but even Florida. Yeah. The idea is appealing, but even nowadays, you could think about, like you said, the Eastern Shore, even mm-hmm. taking a hundred grand of that equity. Yeah. Or 
Southern Pennsylvania. A lot of a lot of Marylanders are moving to Southern Pennsylvania, and that Gettysburg, even like New York, the oh, yeah. that area there. Well, yeah, I I went to college in New York, and and Shrewsbury, which is just over the line, it's like a little Baltimore. Yep. You know, and and a lot of people that are, it's not a bad commute into Baltimore from. I mean, really, the commute from York to Baltimore isn't bad. Well, let's put let's look at it a different way though. With all the COVID stuff that happened, and all the people that started telework last year, yeah, I, I was already in a telework situation before that, not full time, but really close to full time teleworking from home. I really didn't have to do much commuting, and so my wife and I had had the conversation of because my wife can get a job anywhere. Mm-hmm. She, she's got a, she's got a very in demand job. Yeah, we're not stuck here for her to get a job, mm-hmm. but if I could move. If, if, or if we could move and I could still keep my job, what financially nothing is holding us here anymore. Right. And I'm wondering, and, and the state has a lot of negative things going for it, traffic being one of them. I remember when they, whenever they used to do the study of traffic, the Washington, D.C., greater Baltimore area was like the fifth worst. Oh, yeah. It falls behind p- such places like Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> like just New York, like the traffic. And the thing is, I mean, New York traffic is terrible, but it has a very robust public transportation system. Well, not in the highways are laid out better there. Yeah. It's different. I mean, for for this area, if people don't want to, and especially as more people are having to go back to work, but if people don't have to go back to work or, or don't have to commute into work, people are now being allowed to remain to, in a telework capacity. Mm-hmm. Why stay? Yeah. If you have nothing else holding you here but a job, but now that job is saying you can go work anywhere. Do it. Yeah. Why are you staying here? Yeah, you can do it from the beach. You can do it from wherever you happen to be. And Dude, why not go go buy a townhouse in, in Ocean City for like two hundred fifty grand? Well, n- now you're living near the beach, mm-hmm. and you probably bought it cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you got a downsize, or maybe that's not for you. Maybe maybe you want rural living. Maybe you do want to go to North yeah. North Carolina because you you can go to North Carolina. You can still be near a major airport near Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You could, or you could go to Florida and be down around three major airports oh, or yeah. four down there if you yeah. wanted to. Like one of the, I mean, there are some things holding people here. BWI is a hub for Southwest. It's a nice jump-off point to the north or south. Yeah. Either way, um, and some people still get hooked on like the seasons. I need the seasons. I am getting to the point now. Now, I grew up as a hockey player. I love the cold weather. Me too. Well, now, like I don't. Send me to Florida. I don't care if I ever see another snowflake again. See, I feel like I would go north. I would go to like, I I would rather go to like Pennsylvania, like northern Pennsylvania, or or or, I mean, I'm not going to like Erie. I'm not going for the lake effect yeah. now. <laughs> but if I didn't see a summer again, I wouldn't be too upset. Yeah. See, the older I get, the more I like the hot weather. But yeah, I mean, go to New Hampshire. Uh, I mean, they're pretty. Uh, but then I got to deal with Red Sox fans. Yeah, we, we we've talked about that. Yeah. It's like if I go to New Jersey, I got to deal with Yankee and Giant fans. Or Eagle fans if you're in the South. Or Eagle fans. Yeah. And look, good buddy of mine, Giants and Yankees fan. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are because I still got a lot. Of, we were just up in New Jersey. Met, yeah. met, hung out with our New Jersey friends. And we went down to, uh, we went down to my wife's uh, friend's basement. It's a shrine to the Yankees. <laughs> And I love the guy. I love him. I love his wife. Kids are great. They're great people. But he's a Yankees fan. At least it's not a shrine to the Red Sox. 
That's so, true. That's true. I've got very few yeah. Red Sox. Here's the problem with that. My extended family, mm-hmm. all Red Sox fans, all of them, because they live in they live in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. They live in Rhode Island. They're all from the area. Oh. It's it's. They want to talk Red Sox with me. And look, being an Orioles fan, it's like, what do you? You got nothing. You can't really come back with much because we, the Orioles, for the majority of their lifetime, of our lifetimes, have been awful. Have been awful. Yeah, we had like two years of bragging rights yeah, when they were in the they playoffs. Won, what did they win in eighty three? No, we had we had like those couple years in the two thousands. Yeah, no, no. Buck, so they, we had the Buck years. Yeah, so they won. They won a World right. Series in eighty three mm-hmm. with Cal Ripken, and then pretty much nothing. There's a lot of nothing. I mean, there was a couple. I mean, there was a year where uh, I forget what year it was, where they were playing in the um, they were playing the Yankees in the playoffs, and that is that the Albert Bell years. The, Derek, it was Derek Jeter's rookie year. He hit the home run, and the uh, kid reached out over the the Yankee fan kid at Camden right, Yards, right. reached out over the wall. It was fan interference, but they didn't call it. Right. Um, there's that one, and then yeah, we did have some good years with with, uh, and they could have capitalized on it. But they didn't. Rather than signing starting pitching, they signed Chris Davis. Uh, and hey, I like Chris Davis. He's, uh, here's a great person. But great person. There are a lot of great people. But baseball out there. contract wise, it was yeah. horrible. <laughs> but hey, they wanted that that sexy home run hitter. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna. Everyone says that Baltimore couldn't afford more people. Mm-hmm. I think that's crap. Yeah. This fan base, the Camden Yards for a long time was packed. Yeah. You're talking about forty thousand a night. Mm-hmm. When when those years were good, yeah, they could have kept Nelson Cruz and Chris Davis, but Angelos cheaped out. Oh yeah, like th- you could have had both of them. Yeah, there, there's no cap consideration in baseball, right? Like, look, uh, they could have they could have paid for all that. Nelson Cruz is still mashing, by the way. Oh yeah, he got, just yeah. got traded to Tampa. Just got traded to a contender <laughs> by someone who wanted him. Yeah, you. You'd, it's like, come on, we yeah. we, we could have had that guy if you would have paid up for four years. Which, yeah. by the way. He played beyond the four years we would have had him. Oh yeah, st- and, and and then they so they they rather than keeping him, they signed and they had Trumbo too. He was he, that guy. He was just like Chris Davis. Yeah, but I'm at gonna, least. But I'm going to tell you why though, not because of their playing styles, because they both came to Baltimore, had one really good year, mm-hmm. and cashed in on oh, Angelos. Yeah. Like that was the. Anyone who had seen Chris Davis's career when he played with the Rangers and then he came here, he had like one great year with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And then was he was that 225 hitter yeah. with like 25, 30 home runs, but not much as far as production, not too many RBIs, like mm-hmm. didn't hit in good spots. Came to the Orioles via that, I think it was via trade. Again, had that one year yeah. cashed in and he... Like they were expecting him to be that two eighty nine, two ninety hitter with forty home runs. Well, he struck out a thousand times. But he, he <laughs> was he was only that player for one year. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nelson Cruz was mashing thirty five, forty home runs. He got hit with the PEDs, and they thought, oh, he's not going to do it. He won't be able to do it again because he was on the Peds. Yeah. Meanwhile, the guy's been mashing thirty home runs since he left here. Yeah. So, so meanwhile, rather than signing him and maybe some starting pitching, um. They signed Chris Davis and then stuck with Ubaldo. Uh, every time I watched him play, they lost. But I think that's every time everyone watched. Him. I don't think they ever won with him. But well, hey, they threw a whole bunch of money at him because he had that one great year in Colorado. 
Well, the, the, but any pitcher that has a good year in Colorado, you think, can turn that into something anywhere else, right? Yeah. The Except, problem is he went from the National League West to the American League East, which yeah. was, at the time, just a murderer's row. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it was just a bad, bad decision. Like, whoever was in the scouting department obviously did not do a lot of homework. Yeah. But again, from what I understand, Angelo's costs in the scouting department. And the mm-hmm. international scouting department, yeah, like the guy was working on bare bones budgets for yeah, the places that would yeah return the biggest investment. Yeah, when they're international money, they just wasted it. But um, they always treated it away. Yeah, but here's the thing: so baseball is not the reason you stick around here. No, baseball is not. No, <laughs> in fact, you're probably doing your children a benefit by moving somewhere else with any other baseball team, right, even minor, even like Triple A, which is probably better than than the Orioles at some at some points but you know the the thing is though like when you look at the houses that that go up in like in this neighborhood like i look at the prices of them like i'd never pay that much for that my house like my house is identical to that whoever's paying that is a is a moron i'm glad they are right but you know because that just drives my value up higher but uh i I don't i don't know what it is here because i'm like yeah i live here it's a nice place we had you know the schools are good, I guess. They're not perfect, um, but nothing is. So, so what is it? I mean, I guess it's commutable from Baltimore to you, you know, if, if husband works in Baltimore, wife works in D.C., you can commute both ways. This place, um, this place was always about proximity. Yeah, yeah. The community, sure. It, I mean, it, for the most part, this area is known as a welcoming area. Yeah. I mean, there are places around here though that aren't right in the immediate like the. And the immediate next door, you know, yeah. like, for example, the, the, the gripe on Severna Park. Yeah. Not the most welcoming place. Right. And then, of course, every place has its own kind of stereotypes, you know, like Glen Burnie and Pasadena get a little bit rednecky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Arnold was always kind of like the mixed medium, mm-hmm. like a little bit, a little bit of snob, a little bit of redneck. Everybody mixed in, right? It wasn't just the kind of meshed. Severna, right? Severna Park Lockjaw, right? <laughs> yes, but or, and it wasn't. It wasn't also Annap. Like Annapolis has its own version of that. Yeah, you know, we're old Annapolis versus new Annapolis. Yep, and a lot of old Annapolis moved south mm-hmm. of Annapolis, but then you had like the and Edgewater was always kind of like the Pasadena. Of, of South, South County, Annapolis. Pasadena. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, See, I'm not a big uh, like South County. Like it's rural and that, that, but South County that that's Redskin territory. Mm-hmm. And right. you know, here this is to me this is Ravens territory. Yep. And we're Route, Route 50 is is the, is the location. Yeah. yeah. But like, I would never live South County because they're all Redskin fans down there. I'm not moving down. Like, I no. I I did look. At Davidsonville at one point. It's funny because we looked when we bought the house here. We looked, we looked at Edgewater hard. Yeah, that's all we like. I said no, I want to live in Edgewater. Price points are the same. That's yeah. why. That, that's why people do it. And then our real estate guy, our buyer's agent, was like, "Well, have you looked at Arnold?" I'm like, "Where the hell? Where's that?" And we come up here. I think we looked at. We probably looked at ten houses in Edgewater. For every one we looked at up here, we ended up up here. And. You know, because of the, what the what the market's done, and when I bought, like we bought ours in '09, so the market was in the toilet. Well, now it's really it's come up a lot, right? And you know, we the the thing is, like for what we're paying, like I can't rent a two bedroom apartment for what my mortgage is. No, yeah. So I like that's cool too. But then when you look at 
ooh, I could go. And the thing is, I think it was just up to me. No other considerations. Like, I'd be gone. I'd be out of here. Let me find a, you know, a place that's more in line with, 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 uh, with my politics and with, you know, how I think life should be lived and all that rather than – but we're still in a pretty um, – you don't want to say it's super conservative here, but it's still – I think this area is more – it's more red than blue. Yeah. Yeah. It's very it's very solidly purple, and that's that's not everything. I got friends that are super super liberal progressives, and and across the gamut, it's just when you look at the things you want to do, like you know, uh, oh, I want to buy, I want to buy a rifle. I want to buy this. Oh, can't do that here. If I lived in in Virginia, I could. Can't yeah. do it here. So, like, sort of, now, am I going to move so I can buy a certain type of gun? No, I'm not going to do that. No. But there's other things that come with that 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 are also appealing to some and not appealing to others. So let me ask you this. And you're starting to see it down in Loudoun County, Virginia, mm-hmm. where I guess they were, they were trying to implement some school practices down there. Mm-hmm. And the parents have gone nuts. Oh yeah. And, and I've seen some of the, the, uh, they televised some of those school board meetings and didn't matter what, White, black, Hispanic. Yep, a lot of people against what they're trying to put in those. Schools oh yeah, though. and it, it it actually made national news. Right, what was going on there? So I, it, the only reason why I'm bringing this is because we were talking about politics, right? For mm-hmm. the most part, the politics of an area don't affect the people. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say day to day life. It's not really affecting any of us. Right, right. Could we go somewhere south having concealed carry? Sure. Mm-hmm. Or. It's not open ma- or constitutional, whatever they call it. Sure, but it's not making me move down there, right? Right, because it doesn't really affect my everyday life. Yeah, this is something that could affect your kid's life. Yeah, if they decide to put something like that into effect in Anne County. Yep. I think something like that could force people to say, "Okay, this might be the thing that makes me move." Yeah, because now you're talking about people's kids, right? Well, I, and I think it, I think it is affecting people. I mean, if you look at the net. The net migration south, like Florida, is that people are, are going California. It's like an exodus from California. Well, I mean, the sen- so the census actually showed that. Yeah, where California and New York both lost house seats. Yeah, and I think Texas and Texas and I think Florida got got one. I don't know if it was Florida. I'm probably wrong on that. But some southern states or some other states mm-hmm. that weren't blue got those seats. Yeah. Um. And I, I mean, I don't want to say it's just purely politics. I, I think a lot of it was economics, especially in California's case, because the the taxes the, and from what I understand, the business atmosphere there wasn't the best. And I, yeah. I, I think the COVID situation probably just expediated some people leaving. Oh, well, yeah, and especially like they won't let go of it. I think L.A. Yeah. County just locked everyone down again. Yeah. Um, but like New York, yeah, because I think the, the taxes definitely come in because when you're paying. 15 grand a year in taxes you move down like like we like you said earlier you move to a place where the taxes are five thousand a year that's a ten thousand dollar a year pay raise even if you just go to new jersey yeah yeah it's it's a big difference or even if you could just let's say you move from new york city to new jersey and you were able to get a house instead of an apartment and the house was let's say three four hundred thousand versus your condo in new york city which was like six to seven hundred thousand yeah even if the tax rate is the same you're paying less in, in cash dollars for taxes because the value of the property is less yep so you can move out 
Let's say you move down to like Parsippany, mm-hmm. which is right off of 287. You're still within, you know, spitting distance of New York City. Yep. You got a nice little piece of property for 400 grand, 450. You know, yeah. a four bedroom, two bath house. I don't ask me how I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I might I might have been looking while I was on vacation up there. Um, not that we're moving up that you way. Always, but always pick up Zillow. I always, see, always look, yeah, wherever I, wherever I am, I'm just checking to see what people are yeah. paying for their houses up there. See what kind of lift that life they're living yeah. compared to me. But but there there <laughs> are people that are that are commuting in, you know to to New York from northeastern Pennsylvania. Oh sure, I mean and, Connecticut, every, all these places. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah they're, they're, there are people making that trip. But I, I think some other things also fall into it when you look at an area, you know. Um, Violent crime is way, way up. Yeah. And if you look at, okay, so you want to live in a place where you can feel relatively safe, and whether that violent crime is actually touching you or not, it's still there, and it still weighs in on people. And some say, eh, you know what? I'm going to get out of here before this comes to me. I'm going to go to Florida where where they don't, they don't, they don't uh, support these policies that, that I think are causing this, right. this crime rate. To increase, so they go and they move again someplace that where you know you think that state's values are more in line with your own, right? And now in this area, like we're not seeing West Baltimore crime here, you know. And I think if anyone left here because oh, the you know, crime's out of control, I, you know, th- there's not 130 people being shot on a weekend, and no, this is some crazy, yeah, like it's it's not like that. Um, now if you were to leave. Baltimore because of that. Okay, I, I get that. I can see you doing that. We're going to Baltimore County. Yeah, from, from the city. I get that. Yeah, you know, people moving out, but but here we don't have that. Um, thankfully, <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, and you could, you're always going to get the one guy says, "Well, we don't have that yet." Yeah, I mean, look, do I think that's ever going to reach suburban areas? I don't think so. It, it's just it's hard. It's like the old criminal mindset. It's, it's harder to hit as many. Like if you're gonna do crime, it's harder to hit the more spread out areas just because you can do less crime in the oh, same yeah. amount of area. Yeah. Then if you go to a more densely populated area, yep. you got more. It's more opportunity to commit crime, right? Yeah. Um, not that I'm not that I'm got the criminal mindset, you know. Not that I know, but I'm guessing. Like yeah. if you were gonna if you're gonna do crime, you're gonna do it where you can do the most in the smallest amount of area. Yeah. It's gonna make it easier for you. And a lot of a lot of people aren't. You know, a lot of the the, the criminals aren't gonna range too far out of their comfort zone right you know because they the, you know they're it, you know they're they're looking they're opportunists they're looking for that opportunity they know that area so they know they can recognize the opportunity up there if you take someone out of their environment and put them in a in a foreign one then they're not going to understand the the dynamics of wherever they're at but um the other thing is i, I wonder what you know and i'm sure because i'm not a big real estate guy so i have no idea but what's driving the the increase in in real estate value? Actually, um, I have a good answer for you. So, I've got an uncle who's in the mortgage business. Now he doesn't sell mortgages. He he does a lot. He does stuff on the back end, basically, mm-hmm. to make sure that uh, um, mortgages comply with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and that the company making the loan mm-hmm. will be able to sell it to them. Okay, essentially, and he's got the whole business doing basically that mm-hmm. but anyway he always gets a good idea of the volume of mortgages that are going through the system at, the, mm-hmm. at any given time 
And he can also see the qualification of people. Yeah. So, because I asked him, I said, "Is this going to be 2007 all over again?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "No." And he and he said, for the main reason of the people that are getting mortgages now are coming in with more down, more money down. Mm-hmm. They're better qualified mm-hmm. for the mortgage, um, and they have jobs that can sustain the mortgage. Yeah, it's it's not like in this 07 is not seven where, hey, I want to buy an $800,000 house. I work 14 hours a week at Target, right. and I drive an Uber. Uh, is, <laughs> yeah, it's not the subprime lending. Yeah. But what happened was, and I think what happened from 2007, when you had the economy collapse, people, that was kind of a lot of people's oh shit moment. Yeah. And I equate it very similarly to what happened to like our grandparents' generation mm-hmm. when the Great Depression happened. Yeah. And Anyone who had grandparents from that generation or parents from that generation knows that is the generation that were very hesitant to use credit. Yeah. They were very hesitant to take out loans they couldn't repay. Mm-hmm. They saved money. Yeah. They, they saved a lot of money. Um, a lot of them tried to not, they didn't live with outside of their means, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of that stemmed from the Great Depression because they realized that the economy could collapse. Yeah. Now, granted, that was back in the 20s and 30s. So they, and they kind of grew up in the, you know, like my grandmother, I think she was born in 1919. Yeah, that's that's about where mine were too. So she kind of, and she kind of grew up in that kind of, like her formative years were like the the 30s for the most part, after she was like 10, 11 years old. So she was like growing up right after the Great Depression. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that mindset stuck with them, with that whole generation. And I think similarly what happened was in 2007, for our generation, it was the Great Depression. Yeah. And we realized that, you know, shoot, I better have some money in the savings account. Yeah. I you know, I, not, I can't just go spending $200, $300 on a pair of Nikes. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily one to say that consumer spending went down necessarily, but I definitely think that. Uh, people were just more aware of buying things on credit cards. I mean, to the point where, uh, from what I understand, uh, credit, outstanding credit, personal credit, is at an all-time low right now. Mm-hmm. So people got more cash in the bank. They're, they're, they don't have outstanding credit to pay off. So what this has led to is now that generation is starting to say, okay, I feel comfortable enough now with my financial situation that I'm going to buy my house mm-hmm. instead of buying it when they were in their twenties, they're now buying it in their thirties or even, or, or even forties. So I think that's part of it. But then on top of that, there's a lot of these companies, a lot of um, real estate investment trusts mm-hmm. that see a hot rental market. Okay. So they can go and what you hear is people like personal folks like me or you would be mm-hmm. going up against an all cash offer. Mm-hmm. And if, like, so instead of having a 30 day close and having to wait to see if the loan gets approved, the a homeowner could take five grand less or even, or even an asking, a yeah. bit, a, an asking offer all cash, 15 day close. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well that, it, it, so essentially what happens is a lot of these companies, they buy up all that supply. Yep. So now there's few houses out there, and what now? Now that you got the supply shortage, you got personal uh, home buyers going up against companies. Yeah, and now everyone's fighting for whatever's there. And we saw that in our own neighborhood, where 
not necessarily the companies that were coming to buy, but because of the supply shortage of houses on the market, you were, houses weren't, aren't staying on the market for more than a week. Mm-hmm. You literally, you, you put it on the market, you may have an open house on a Saturday. Oh, yeah. You got three bids on a Monday, and oh, some yeah. of those are for over One person got twenty five grand over asking yeah. in this neighborhood. So the next person put the house up for, I think it was like twenty five grand over what they got. Yeah, sold in five days. Yep. So it's like what? Now there's a house that just got put up for sale for twenty grand over what that person got. Mm-hmm. Until someone stops paying it, though, the price yeah. are just going to keep going up. But again, that you've got now you've got those well qualified buyers. So everyone's wondering, look, where is this bubble going to pop? Yeah, I don't think the bubble pops necessarily in the fact that you see a lot of foreclosures. I think what ends up happening is you you get eventually people will have bought their house. I don't I don't think there's an infinite number of buyers out there. Yeah, no, and I, so I, I think, think it, I think the I think the demand will kind yeah, of wane a little bit. Yeah, rather than being red hot, it'll cool down. Yeah. Um, I, I I know that, and I'm not sure if this area is affected by it, but you know a lot of people. So my in laws are from you know they're up in in Long Island, and the market is just screaming up there. Because a lot of people that were stuck in the city for COVID, yeah. like if you're going to be quarantined, it's a lot nicer to be quarantined in a three bedroom house with a yard than it is to be quarantined in a studio apartment apartment in Manhattan. So I think a lot of people are like, you know, and I think that whole because for the longest time, the the, the big McMansions and all that stuff that was, I mean, those the value of those things was going down. Well, then. COVID hits, everyone's locked down. Well, now it's starting to turn around. People want this. And I, and I also think, like, those people that were young that wanted to live in a city, they realized, well, living in a city is great when you're in your 20s and you have you don't have any kids. But then once you have kids, like, okay, maybe you have a baby in the city. That's like, But eventually you're going to want, you know, do you want to send your kids to, to D.C. public schools? Do you want to send your kids to Baltimore City schools? move out to the suburbs and that's eventually what you know yeah and and that's affecting new york i'm not sure if it's happening here or not i think new york city i mean so new york city schools don't have the horrible reputation that baltimore city schools do i think that's a different animal i also think that new york city didn't help themselves with their reaction to covid yeah i don't think people people don't think covid is necessarily over because you keep getting the delta variant there now there's a lambda variant yeah it's going to be a it, bunch of fraternities out there of COVIDs. Well, sure. Then keg stands. And then, I mean, you just, you, even you said that the masks are coming back to LA. Yeah. And, and some of these other areas, I mean, I, I, when we were up in New Jersey, we heard they were talking about doing another mask mandate. So I think what people are thinking is what if New York City shuts down restaurants again? Yeah. Well, they weren't shutting them down in Long Island. Right. Yeah. In the suburbs. Like, for the most part, yeah. Even even here, locally, we could get takeout from almost any restaurant. Oh yeah. So you could still get food, groceries. Um, they didn't. If like if you lived in New York City, public transportation was the way you got around. Mm-hmm. Well, I would imagine they probably shut down some of that, or oh, yeah. or made it really really restrictive. Yep. So. If I can leave New York City and maybe maybe not have 
as strict of a, um, I don't want to call it a lockdown, but less strict rules with how they deal with COVID. And I, I think a lot of people were surprised that places like Texas and Florida, they didn't have those restrictive lockdowns or, or restrictions um, last year when you had a full public that was unvaccinated. Now that there's vaccinations, there's, there's different numbers coming out. But last year when there were no vaccination, no one was vaccinated, everything was equal, mm-hmm. the states that stayed open had, you know, if you do COVID deaths as a percentage of population, Florida and Texas actually had better numbers than California, New Jersey, and New York, which yeah. had more restrictive measures put in place. <clears throat> um, and that's just by using it. it look, I, I understand some people don't really believe some of the data that was out there, but just mm-hmm. by using the data that was out there, if you took the number of deaths divided by the population of the state, those states did better than the other yeah. ones, than the ones that had the more restrictions. So if I'm if I'm sitting here going, look, yeah, you know, I lived in New York City. I'm a waitress, mm-hmm. having a hard time making ends meet. Yeah, in New York City, and oh by the way, when this happened, they shut down the restaurants, and I couldn't go to work. Well, all right, I can go to suburban New Jersey, where it wasn't that where the restrictions weren't as strict there. Yeah, or I can go south, or I can go to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know where they they had less restrictions, or yeah. South Carolina. Yeah. And there wasn't the maybe. The, maybe it's time for me to leave this situation. Yeah, and I think you know, like if you're thinking about like you know, look at uh, L.A. County with their new you know mask mandate. You know that's that's one party rule there, and I don't know if there's the political will to do it. Now, in New York, it's it's one party there as well, and I don't know if here, even though Maryland is pretty much is is pretty blue, but there's some. You know, it's more moderate than certainly L.A. County or... or well, you you uh, got a red governor. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a very middle-of-the-road red governor. Yeah. But he's still a red governor. Yeah. But is there is there the political will? And I think some of these politicians are like, look, my constituents are tired of this. Yes. And if I go and try to do this again, I'm signing my own death warrant. Now, you're not signing your own death warrant in L.A. County because I think a lot of people are on board with it. Right. Um, For whatever reason, I think people like it. But... New York is probably, you know, there. there's probably some of this similar, you know, it gets into a lot of virtue signaling and you know, it's a conversation for another day. But here they're just, I don't think there is that political will to, to do it because they understand that if they were to do something like that, they would be committing career, uh, career suicide. Well, I think you hear, you can see where they're covering their flank. Mm-hmm. So whenever they talk about the COVID numbers increasing, they always say it's un- with the unvaccinated. Yeah. Now, Maryland has one of the highest vaccination rates in the country. I think mm-hmm. we're at 75% of eligible pe- of people eligible for the vaccine. So it doesn't include kids. But yeah. they're saying we're at 75%, which is actually considered herd immunity. Yeah. Um, even though the numbers, but the, when they talk about the numbers in the hospital going on, they're always, there's always a line in there that say, well, a majority of it is, or a large portion of it is unvaccinated people. Yeah. Like, now it's the vaccine shaming. Mm-hmm side of things right um so basically saying hey you know you got the vaccine you're fine you're doing great good for you i also think that's their way of saying we don't need to shut everything down this time yeah yes there's a delta variant yes there might be a lambda variant Mm -hmm. 
but we don't need to shut everything down because all the, the hospital, uh, the hospital uh, check-ins and the deaths are all coming from unvaccinated people, not right. from vaccinated people. Vaccinated people are just fine. Yeah. So we're not going to shut down, mm-hmm. but we are going to say everyone should get vaccinated yeah. and now vaccinate your kids. Yeah. Because the vaccine will save your kids. Right. So I, I think that's an angle they're going to start playing at. Um, and look, could be true, right? Mm-hmm. I think the vaccines, for the most part, proven safe at this point. Yeah, I got one. I, I got one early. Everyone got, we know got one. Yeah, I did mine in February. So yeah. I think we and, got vaccinated really close together. <laughs> yeah, and, and for me, it was like, eh, I didn't have to wait in line. It was free. Now, yeah. if I had showed up and there was a long line, I would have left. Not because um, I'm an anti-vaxxer. I just don't like waiting in lines. So <laughs> I rolled out. I think a lot of people but, think that the people not getting the vax are anti-vaxxers. That's I, I don't think that's the I think there don't get me wrong I think that contingent's out there oh there is yeah but I, I don't think that's a majority of the reason yeah, why I people think, are getting I, it. I, mean, some, I some think people, people don't trust the government yeah and, and yeah and some people think you know like well it's been it you know it was rushed through it takes years for a vaccine and you, I can appreciate all those positions um, for me I was like yeah it's free <laughs> well, <laughs> let's it, roll like it was po- it was so politicized though. Like running up until the the uh, presidential election, I believe the vice the current vice president Kamala Harris said that she would never take the vaccine because it was rushed through by President Trump. Right, like Donald Trump was in there cooking the vaccine right. up. He Mister Kafefe himself yes. <laughs> was in there mixing uh, what is it DNA and RDNA and all this stuff. Yeah, Donald Trump was doing that. Him and Beaker uh, yeah. from the Muppets right. were in there. <laughs> Maybe the Swedish se- chef was there. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Before the election, though, she was like, I'm not, "I wouldn't get this." Oh yeah. Well, and, but then as soon as the election happened, oh, everyone should get it. Everyone's yeah. got to get. It. And, and that's I, what I, I think uh, that flip flop of the messaging. Yeah, it, it just really messed with a lot. It did of people. a lot of damage. Cuomo said the same thing that he yeah. w- that he would never get a vaccine that was done by Donald Trump again. I don't think that Donald Trump was in there. Um, he's not. He's not mixing the beakers. He's not. He's not doing the lab work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like see, doing DNA sequencing. Trust me, if from... he was, I'd be the last person in line for that vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Like, nah, bro, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, Don. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, I'm passing. Yeah. It's the best vaccine ever. Right. It's the no. There's never. No one's ever seen anything like it. You're probably right about that one. <laughs> I saw Harry Potter. I put a lock of my hair. <laughs> Into the polyjuice, po- I mean the vaccine, <laughs> and now it's great for everybody. No, Don, thanks. I'm good, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll pass. Hard pass. <laughs> go, go to that golf course, though. Thanks, bud. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, I think they, you know, they they definitely did a a lot of uh, a lot of damage, um, and I think that still lingers. Oh yeah, and you can't do that flip flop. I think they're defund the police thing. They're trying to walk away from that. They're really trying to. They're walk saying back they. On that. They're now saying they never said that. Right. Oh, they're, they're also saying that, that it's the Republicans that did it, too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Which is like, funny. Were you not there? Right. <laughs> like, did you? It, it's like when I think it was like Maxine Waters said she didn't wasn't inciting violence before the George Floyd yeah. uh, announcement uh, uh, um, verdict was. And then like they played it back for her. Yeah. Like they played her, her, the, the audio of her. She, I never said that. Yeah. No, no, we got you on video. Like, <laughs> you can't dispute the what video. Was that, that Shaggy song wasn't me, right? Right. Caught me bagging like, in the corner. I swear to God, there, like the defense of all of this is like it wasn't me. Yeah. Nope. What not, do you mean it wasn't? Don't we, know who did here's that. the video, the audio, 
more video. Yeah. Like you said it three times. A notarized statement, right, from you. What <laughs> me? But yeah, they're they're trying they're trying to walk back. Like, hey, look, if you're to blame libertarians for defunding the police, okay, right. I, I could probably see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not your law and order types. No, it, <laughs> it was. It's such a strange defense. Yeah, like, what? No one knows. It was those guys. But no one's calling them out on it. No, no one's calling them out because the, the media, the the mainstream media. It, it, I, I shouldn't say mainstream. The media outlets. And we talked about this. You're not going to piss off the people that tune into you. Yeah. So there's no there's no adv- there's no advantage to telling the truth. There's advantage to telling the story you've been telling. Right. Because those are the people that listen to you. Now, with that being said, nobody's listening to that either. Right. Everyone is after after the election. Everyone tune out because yeah. for the most part, in day to day lives, none of it matters. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter at all. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think, but I, I definitely think that people leave, you know, think about where they're going uh, because of those reasons. I think they think, oh, this is a red state. I'm going there. You know, I'm I'm moving to a red state. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing is, though, the more people that move to the red state from the blue state, do they then go and vote for the same people that right. made them leave right. the blue state in the first place? Well, you know, the definition of stupidity is yeah. doing the same thing over and over yeah. again, expecting something different. Yeah. Yeah, so they go and, you know, like, oh, I'm tired of Maryland's politics, and I'm tired of this. I'm going to move to uh, North Carolina. And then you get down there, and you're like, this guy reminds me of my uh, my old senator from Maryland. I'm going to vote for him. And next thing you know, you're just turning it into what you left. So, yeah, that's it's tough. I mean, unfortunately, we won't, we won't know the full breadth of – the consequences of all this for five, 10 years. Yeah. Right. And I think some of those States, there's no shot they turn because I I think, I think that certain political parties think that voting blocks are always going to vote for them. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've said this since the last election, ever since Barack Obama won the first time, the, the common mis the common conception is that black voters always vote Democrat, mm-hmm. right? And for the most part, I mean, I think like it was like ninety seven percent did. But since Barack Obama's first term, every election after that, the percentage of black voters to vote Republican has increased in each of the three elections. Mm-hmm. It's like you might be you're, you're losing your voter base a little bit. And if you think that Hispanics and Latinos are going to vote for you just because you you think that they're the pro-Democrat or the pro-immigration choice, I got I got bad news for them. Yeah. Because socially, a lot of these Latino and Hispanic families, they're, they're very religious. Mm-hmm. They're very much on the social spectrum in the Republicans. I, I, I don't... I don't think they're expanding their base. And you and I talked about this before. People like us, we vote for whoever is going to let us think for ourselves, not who's going to tell us what to think all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it was, what, eight to ten years ago, that was a Republican Party. That was a Tea Party. If you don't believe this, you're not a patriot. Well, I guess I'm not that then, and I'm going to vote for the blue side. And then the blue side said, well, if you don't believe this, you're, you're not... You're not Democrat enough. Yeah. I guess I'm not Democrat. Yeah. I'm going to vote for the red side. Yeah. There's a lot of people in that middle 
that think like that, like think like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, uh, the people that they think are going to vote for him might not vote for him anymore. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, R- Ronald Reagan said that you know um, uh, Latinos or Hispanic were they were Republicans. They just didn't know it yet. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know that I think when you take advantage of certain blocks of voters and just expect them to just march in lockstep with you right um that you're going to be fine now in this state uh it's so gerrymandered that you they've essentially just picked their voters they definitely have if you look at the districts like where we are right now um was it the condor or the pelican or the, ter- the pterodactyl i think yeah, is what we're in this thing so i forget the the district that we're in but you know it goes into oxen hill so, do you th- that that's who elects our congressperson is Oxen Hill, right. not us. Um, now, if you go down College Parkway to like down past, uh, like down near uh, Revel Downs, like that is a different district that runs into Montgomery County. So what right. they've done is they've gone and they've picked their own. The the politicians have picked their voters. Right. Uh, if you look at the the crazy, it's one of the worst gerrymandered districts in the country. Um, it runs up through Baltimore City. It's got you know now they packed all the Republican votes uh, onto the Eastern Shore, and what and out west. Yeah. So if you but what they did with out west is they they that used to be Roscoe Bartlett's seat. Yeah. And what they did is they redrew that one. So that it takes a big chunk of Montgomery County that washes out all of Western Maryland. Right. Um, so right now, so now you've only got one uh, Republican or you know one red seat, which is Andy Harris's on the Eastern Shore, but that goes from Carroll County to Ocean City. Right. Now you can't tell me that the people in Carroll County have the same interests that those in Ocean City do. Right. There, it's completely different. It's. I mean, it, it might as well be. It, you know, it's completely different parts of the state, completely different ways of life between, uh, you know, northern rural Maryland and the eastern shore. Right. You know. Beach life. Yeah. Beach life in the mountains. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's yeah. it's pretty much like, you know, you got the real tree camo up there in, in Carroll County for the mm-hmm. deer hunters, and then you got the Ducks Unlimited salt life stickers on the eastern shore. Yeah. Completely different, but they packed all those votes in there. So... Now, Governor Hogan tried to redraw those lines. He wanted to do a... It was a bipartisan redistricting committee. Didn't he sue? Like in the, in the, it was part of like... Wasn't it part of a Supreme Court case? Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember the outcome of it. Though. Yeah, me neither. Um, and this is kind of something that just kind of popped in my head. I, I mean, gerrymandering could be a an episode in and of itself. That's, yeah, that is definitely a different <laughs> podcast. Because um, gerrymandering to me is, and both sides do it. I'm not going to go and accuse just the Democrats. If you go, no, it depends what state you're in. Yeah, yeah. It you know what do you get into your they they call it packing or cracking, and sure. there's a whole bunch of different thing tactics they use to to either break apart districts or, um, you know, pack them into other ones. So you okay, we're going to lose that seat, but we're going to have these other eight. Right. So we're good. Um, and really, no one's being represented there. So, yeah. It, and I guess the to the original point, does any of this cause anyone in the 50 corridor? Because, I mean, the 50 corridor is the people that are that were commuting to D.C. for the most part in mm-hmm. Montgomery County, Silver Spring, Rockville out there. And even, I guess, the south, like, 
a lot of PG County, even Calvert County, mm-hmm. people are commuting into D.C. Oh, yeah. As the federal government, though, as one of the major employers for the area, goes more telework mm-hmm. and says, okay, you don't got to come into the office no more. Do people in this state decide to just say, I'm out of here? Yeah. You know, that, and that's that's the question is like, at what point, especially because in 2007, in two, or two, 2008, 2009, people couldn't leave because yeah. they, they were underwater on their mortgages. Yeah. Right? The foreclosures and the short sales tanked values. Well, we got the opposite now. Yeah. People can move. Mm-hmm. And home values are up. So I can sell my house, make a profit, and I don't have to deal with the traffic here. Maybe the politics aren't my own. Yeah. Um. Maybe this state's just not for me anymore. Yeah. And, and the thing is, even if you had to go into an office... Because one of our one of the neighbors, uh, he has to go into the office. I think they want him to go in once a week. So, if you had to go in once a week, right? What is your drive limit for once a week? So I, I got a guy that I worked with. He eventually decided when he was doing one. So it was one day every other week. So a little bit different. Mm-hmm. He moved down to Richmond. Commuted to D. He came up to D.C., stayed the night in the hotel, came up, did his job that next day, mm-hmm. drove back down to Richmond, once every two weeks. Yeah, and he's like, the money, the money I save on my mortgage by not living in this area, and by living in Richmond, mm-hmm. that one night in a hotel, you know, because he could stay in like Lorton area, yeah. like a little bit further south, not in D.C. Yep, made the hour commute. Or you take the train, the yeah. VRE in, mm-hmm. take the VRE back out, jump in his car, head yeah. home. I played hockey with a kid whose dad worked in Manhattan and stayed up there for the week and then would come home on the weekends. Now, he had to be in the, now this was in the mid 90s. So he had to go there and he would do that once, you know, drive back, spend the weekends with his family. Then I, know, had, he, I had a boss that did that. Yeah. Except he lived up in Bucks County. Mm-hmm. So he would, he drove to the Perryville uh, Mark Station. Yep. Parked his car there. Took the train in. Um, stayed at some cheap hotel yeah. for the week. Went back up uh, Thursday night. Yeah. Took Fridays off. Yeah. Now, if, if you had to be in, you know, if you had to be in somewhere once a week or once every other week, I mean, at that point, you know, look at it like, okay, well, do I, you know, is it? Six hour drive, you know, go up, spend the night, hit the office during the day, and then drive back. You know, is a six hour drive too much? Um, I'd do it. Different strokes for different folks at that point. But I mean, look, even if you had to stay in the hotel one night, yeah, what are you, a hundred dollar hotel? Yeah, or or do you do you fly in? You know, I I work with a guy who's uh, whose family lived in, um, I forget where it was, it was, I was like. A considerable like he had to fly there but you know so he would get off of work on his last day fly home hang out at home and then before right before work he'd fly back yeah you know so you know that sort of commute but again that was he was doing that once a week if you only had to be in the office one day i mean you have to then weigh okay yeah. what's the cost of this airfare uh what's the cost of 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 that and think well Heck, if I can just just only have to do it one day, that's my office day. Right. 
Well, then, yeah, you're you you can range a lot further than yeah. than that because you're doing everything else at home. And I and I think even the the office days are probably going to start. Like you probably you have experience with that. Like yeah. you know you're, the the fact that what's the difference whether I zoom in or call in or handle everything via email and and phone calls. Like yeah, we've already gotten the indication that we're probably not heading back in the office. Yeah, we. The indication is that <clears throat> going in the office is going to be the rarity. Yeah. And I think they're trying to soften the blow because we do, we, we, we've got an aging workforce yeah. that was really against telework. Yeah. Um, I think COVID kind of forced it on them mm-hmm. um, to let them, it, it was kind of like it was forced on them and they kind of realized it'd be okay. Yeah. Um, but look, I would, uh, we would love to hear what you guys think. Other people in the local area. Are you looking to cash in on your home equity and moving out of state or a less expensive part of the state? Um, are you moving south? Are you moving north? Where are you going? Um, are, is your job going to let you telework full time even after, after this COVID mess is over? What's your situation? Um, we appreciate you listening to us. Please like, subscribe, comment, share uh, to this podcast or video if you're watching on YouTube. And we will see you next time.